Welcome back to Bread and Butter, everybody. We are the Hearthstone Podcast, where we serve up the basics for Hearthstone so you can improve your game. And today, we have special guest, Terry. Terry, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Doing pretty good. Tito, how about yourself? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for uh, asking. Uh, Terry, welcome to the show. It's been um, a long time since I've known you. It's great to have you on the show. Um, what you been up to um, in Hearthstone lately? Uh, in Hearthstone, well, my MMR has been like on a giant roller coaster. Like in three days, I went from 10.1 down to like 7.8 at the start of spring break. And I've just kind of been slowly climbing back. I got back up to like 8.5-ish and slid back to like 8.2. It's been like a giant yo-yo these uh, last few weeks. Kind of frustrating at times. But, you it- know, it's just a game, so it's whatever <laughs> at the end of the day. Are you are you attempting to at some point make it to the lobby legends or is that no? That's like it's too much try hard, and I'm too old to try to play that hard that much. And you know, it's not like very much money, so at the end of the day, it's not really worth the time investment and the frustration of of it all. Like I got my MMR up to like top ten before, like back when I was really try harding, like two years ago or whatever. But after that, I don't I don't care anymore. Like I'm an old man. I don't. I don't need to prove myself to anyone. Doesn't. I don't need to. You know, make myself look better to other people. I know I could play at a high level if I need to. So, but now I'm just like I'm just playing for fun. Fair enough, Doc. What have you been up to in Hearthstone? Um, I've been playing Agro Druid on Standard Ladder, and then been playing in a little bit of BGs. Uh, not nearly to the extent that, uh, or the level that Terry has been, but I hit 5K this morning. Nice. Um. Yeah, I had a fun Rakanishu game followed by a fun Galen game. Uh, but yeah, just playing a little bit. Uh, Agro Druid, like, oddly feels pretty decent right now. Um, like, Shadow Priest can give it a hard time, and then there is one uh, Imp Warlock that gave it a hard time. But other than that, like, I've been able to run over, uh, like, Paladins and some other Shadow Priests and stuff and some... Just yeah, it just it feels it feels nice giving it one last hurrah before it uh gets obliterated in rotation. Tito, how about yourself? Um, I've actually been doing pretty well. Uh, I hit legend early in the month, and I decided that this month was the month I was going to start trying and not just you know moving. Well, I did, I did a little bit this last month, but I exclusively stuck with only a couple decks, and uh, mostly uh, Shagro Priest and a bit of Felrel. Elrel spell DH and um, I'm staying within around 4,000. Um, I get up to 5,000. I get down to 3,000. We'll try to make a, a final push over the next couple days, but um, I'm excited to hopefully have made a little bit of progress with my MMR. So that way when I come into legend, I'm a little higher and I don't, I'm not as volatile. So this has been an interesting experiment for me and I'm looking forward to continuing it. So uh, Terry, what do you do outside of Hearthstone? What have you been up to? Uh, well, recently just been on spring break with my daughter and wife. My wife took like a week and a half off. Daughter's been on break for a couple of weeks. So we just been like doing a lot of nothing. Uh, she was sick for like the first half of spring break, which kind of sucks. And uh, yeah, just been a lot of like watching a lot of movies and TV, Heck not yeah. being on Twitch or uh, streaming at all. And just kind of just chilling with the family. It's actually been kind of fun. But now I kind of miss uh, my chat and everybody. So it's it's definitely good to I'm gonna be pop back on on tonight like the first time in like four or five days. 
Yeah, and, knows, uh, it feels nice. Missing. You know, you know, my, my I can't just like give up time with my wife to just stream. She just get too mad at me. It's not it's not worth the <laughs> not worth the value. <laughs> no, no, happy wife, happy life. Absolutely. How about yourself, Doc? What have you been up to? I think you just took a little trip, right? Yeah, yeah. I just got back from uh, Blizzard Land, and that was a good old fun time. Got to see Daniel Storm and Sheldon. Got to meet Smarms. Uh, celebrated my girlfriend's uh, brother's 19th birthday. Watched the other brother in a, at a Gem State Nationals, which is a dance a ballroom dance competition. Um, ran into some people I knew like years ago through church that I haven't talked to in like 10 years. So that was really cool to see them in a place where neither of us expected to see anyone we would know. Um, and then we got back yesterday and it's been kind of relaxing and recovering from a long trip. But yeah, it was fun. Tito, how about yourself? I've just been kind of reorganizing myself. I have a lot of projects going on and um, sometimes it's easy to get sidetracked by one thing or another. And I'm trying to really just get myself better organized and more focused on everything so I can uh, reprioritize. Uh, but outside of that, not much going on. Uh, Weiss has been working a little bit extra to help pay for our Disney vacation in a few months and, you know, just living the dream, working and stuff. So, um, what are you guys' thoughts on the new expansion coming out? We're not going to talk exclusively about the expansion today. That's next week when we have Daniel Stormrage Sheldon on the show, which we're very excited about. But um, what are your initial thoughts, impressions? Uh, Harry, I know you're not a standard player, really, but uh, have you been paying attention at all? All I knew is they had some rave on that Nicolina was part of, and that's the extent of the expansion I know about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't pay any attention to standard or anything like I play too much constructed uh, magic in my past, and now I just find constructed to be very boring and headbanging against the wall more than uh, more than fun. Fair enough. How about yourself, Doc? Uh, I really like the theme. I really like that it's a music festival. Um, I like that ETC is a band manager now, so he had his Rock and Roll Hall of Fame run many, many years ago, and now he's back and managing different bands. And uh, yeah, I just think Music Festival totally fits like Hearthstone's like fun and hijinks uh, atmosphere that they like to put into their universe. Um, and then even like the the expansion logo is a guitar pick with like a bar of music like in front of it. And I just think it's just all around the flavors. Very good. Tito, how about you? Yeah, I'm very excited. I really like that they fully have delved into a non-serious Hearthstone theme. Like, even a lot of times they, they put some things out and half of it's funny, half of it's serious. Like, Mer uh, Castle Mathria it had some serious undertones, but it was also goofy. And But some of the more serious characters were serious. And, and this is complete camp and puns and puns for days, puns for weeks. And I am absolutely here for it. Uh, but like I said, we will talk more about that next week in depth. We will know all the cards as of the 30th. Um, so we'll take a look and we're not going to go card by card. We're not we're not crazy like that, but we will we'll get some general impressions and, and go over that. But anyway, Doc, I think it's time to get to know our guests. So why don't you go ahead and um, take care of that? Yeah. Uh, so, Terry, what was your what was the game that ushered you into having video games as a thing that you do? Okay, so it wasn't really video games that got me started. Like, I, 
we've had like games since I was like a young child, but like I started off in like competitive magic at like I guess a relatively young age, like seventeen ish, which was like nineteen ninety four. So I'm I'm like an old man. I was like right when Magic came out, and I was like on the pro tour for about ten years of that. I was like super highly competitive in Magic for a very long time. After I kind of transitioned out of Magic, I was like, okay, gotta actually finish school, you know, try to get a job, be normal. And then I found poker instead of doing a real job. So I kind of transitioned from Magic then into professional poker after my computer science degree did nothing for me. And then uh, ended up just kind of playing Hearthstone afterwards because it was just like a good alternative to Magic. The games were shorter. It didn't require the, the major financial commitment, which is kind of ironic that uh, Magic does. And uh, yeah. I don't know, this is kind of uh, how I ended up in Hearthstone from there. So from playing Hearthstone, what uh, what about BGs made you want to switch over and have that be like your main mode? Uh, so like originally when Hearthstone first came out, I was just playing Arena because like I said, I was playing Magic Pro Tours for like 10 plus years. So I would do like intense constructed battles for months on months on end preparing for tournaments. And it's pretty boring after a while of playing like the same matchup like hundreds and hundreds of times. So I've always like preferred like draft formats, right? So I, I was kind of like into arena initially. And then when BGs came out, is it's kind of like um a draft format of itself. And that you just kind of like build what's given to you each game. Each game is very different than the next. There's no like preset things that you're kind of forced to do. And it just makes it more fun and like um different each each game you play, which is makes it like something that you just play repetitively as opposed to just playing constructed where it just feels like, like I said, like the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Um, so how did you start your uh, streaming journey? All right. So I started streaming during the pandemic literally because there was nothing else to do. And I needed like some sort of social interaction. Like everything was locked down. You couldn't really go out, see friends, see family. So everyone's just kind of stuck at home. So I'll just kind of like, well, let's try streaming. You know, I'm pretty good at Battlegrounds. You know, I could go out, I could play, you know, make maybe make, you know, $10 a month or something and just like interact with people and just socialize and be able to have like some sort of social life in this like period where we couldn't really socialize with anyone. It just kind of became my home since then. Like, I feel like I know many of the people that stream uh, pretty well now. It feels like more of a community that I'm like a major part of. I kind of just want to like spread that love. To like other people and other streamers because I want them to feel that sort of inclusion. And you're kind of accumulating uh, that coming up to TwitchCon, right? Because the Terry House is an actual thing. Yeah, so we, we're renting a house with, I think, 10 other people now at TwitchCon, which are all just like streamers and people from stream, you know, good friends that we made up. And we're just going to go live together during TwitchCon for like four or five days. Just have, you know, just have like a gathering. It's more about spending time with them than the actual con. Like, you know, it doesn't really excite me that much to go and like meet and greet some of these other streamers, like big time streamers. But meeting all these like smaller streamers, which I can like interact with every day and actually have like actual conversations with as opposed to just being a random name in the chat, in the chat, which doesn't get read, you know, feels like super worthwhile. It's like making actual friends and just it's a good excuse to meet up. Absolutely. So uh, you're involved in the small streamer community. And uh, 
Yeah. Can you tell us about what that means to you? Uh, so I remember like streaming to like zero or one people for like a very long time when I first started. Uh, so now that now that when I'm actually have like a slightly bigger base, like, you know, 15, 20, 30 people on average for my streams, I kind of just want to like spread the love. Like I go hang out in a lot of people, smaller streamers chats and like I'm willing to go and raid smaller streamers all the time. Like it's not necessarily about like promoting my numbers, but it's more about like helping these people just like get their start. Like a lot of people are like, oh, okay, I just started streaming. I want to help them immediately like get to affiliate because you know getting those initial followers and the initial views are, is always very tough because no one knows who you are and Twitch is really bad for uh, you know just growth based if no one knows who you are because you're just like a random person at the bottom of the list. So like yep. at least like I can introduce my audience to them, you know, get them to. You know, a spot where maybe they could just start growing a little bit at a time. And like even that also I just like hanging out and be able to actually interact with the streamer as well, as opposed to going to like big streams. If you're like in a chat with like thousand other people, it's pretty hard for you to have any sort of real interaction with the streamer, right? Yeah. Like you're just another person there. It's kind of hard. That's kind of what I like to do, and that's kind of why I have like more of an involvement with the smaller streamers. So how did you run a you run a battleground uh, tournament program and HSBG club right and how did that start and what is that all about? All right, so it started off because there's like no, I think like a majority of, of the people that play battlegrounds are probably somewhere in like the six to eight k range, and I think this is like a huge market and there's no organized play at all. Like if you can think about it in terms of like magic, like the Friday night magics are where it's like supremely popular. You know, everyone gets together on Friday night. You know, they pony up a few bucks. They play a tournament, you know, just for fun. And, you know, they just have, like, a good time. And, like, develop, like, a community. So I was thinking maybe we could take this model of just having, like, small events, you know, one or two times a week. Some place that, like, you know, people that are, like, in the middle ground of MMRs can go have fun, you know, just, like, a day that they know that, like, I want to go play a tournament this day. As not, like, as imposing as going to play, like, some big thousand dollar event or like you know five hundred dollar event that you know where you're just gonna get paired up against like super high MMR people every round and you're just gonna get crushed you kind of need like a stepping stone before you get into the into that sort of thing so i decided to create hsbg club i guess almost two years ago now and you know just try to like develop this community it's been okay it's like a loss leader for me but you know i think it's just like a fun thing to do it doesn't cost me too much and i think everyone in the in the that play in it has a good time. That's the most important thing that I'm trying to promote. That's awesome. Um, so what's something people might be surprised to know about you? It can either be something silly, serious, uh, kind of just something to get to know you a little bit better. Uh, surprised to know. I mean, I actually have no idea. Let me think about this for a second. <laughs> surprised it, it could to know be about like a, like a fun fact or like a, an old hobby you used to have just know this uh, puts you on the spot. But yeah, you don't have to try to think about it too hard. I mean, like I guess like some of my magic accomplishments, like I was a former Canadian national champion in magic. Um, I don't know. Like probably some random things is like my computer science degree, which I had like one job for about six months. And I felt like the company kind of screwed me over and I never went back into into computers again. And they just <laughs> ended up going into poker. So I was like making more like, making more on the side playing poker than I was in the computer science degree. And I was working like computer science job. I was working like 60, 70 hours a week. 
And then like Oof. I got like passed over for like a raise I was supposed to get. I'm just like, screw this. I'm not gonna want to bother wasting my time. Yeah. In hindsight, maybe not the best of the moves. Maybe should, should just change companies or something. But you know, it's it is what it is, and you know, I enjoyed my life and I got a lot of free time to spend with my wife and now my kids. So, you know, that's always like a benefit of choices you make. So do you have any future plans for your content creation? Are you looking to expand and build or the HSBG club? So we actually like are concentrating on building the HSBG club stream team this year. Um, we kind of had it established beginning of or middle of last year, but now we're kind of just trying to like create a brand for like the stream, the stream team. Cause we kind of just want to have like a location where people can go see smaller streamers that are like, fun you know they're not toxic at all we're just there to like have a good time and as opposed to just like the hardcore serious streamers where you see like for like all the big streamers are all pretty hardcore in general trying to like climb up the ladder and get up to lobby legends and all that stuff but there's like a niche of like the people that are just kind of like middle of the road just kind of want to have fun with and socialize with and like so i tried to create a stream team with that we're inviting new people we have you know, like Howard Moon and Oboe, you know, and we we're trying to get Bofer, but that didn't work out. I thought Bofer would have been like the perfect fit for us just because of his relaxed and laid back style. But like, you know, we have like Miss Bowers and, you know, just like people are just generally fun to just kind of hang out and enjoy and not like at serious, that serious at all about the game. All right. Well, um, that concludes our interview. Uh, I think it's time to uh, talk about our main topic and that would be buddies. Uh, buddy meta so we recently had pocky on to talk us through a little bit about how to play the game and how to kind of improve your game but buddies are a little bit different than a standard meta so um what are buddies and what is the difference between the buddy meta and the non-buddy meta and how is it different they changed it how is it different from what it used to be all right so buddy meta is actually very different especially the way they changed it now so let's Let's just start talking about buddies in general. If you're unaware, um, buddies are like an extra minion that you're able to acquire throughout the game. Uh, before, I used to have like a buddy meter, which was extremely confusing. They wouldn't explain it to anybody. Mm-hmm. And now they just have it for like a gold cost. Um, some buddies are obviously way better than other buddies, which kind of makes the hero selection screen a major part of the game. Um, but to like... Buddies in general, I think they're, like, a pretty good addition. They're much better than, like, vanilla. Because, like, it just, like, X, more decision points you have to make in each in each turn, in each game. Right? And, like, the more decision points you have to make, the, like, you know, the more each game is going to change a little bit. And, like, the more skill, like, is able to come through from each game. Okay, so uh, the previous buddy meta was since no one exactly knew how the buddy meter worked and because yeah. it was only it, it's like you just get it you don't you don't you have an option of like getting it earlier or anything everyone was like playing very tempo oriented in the first few turns to get their buddies early and then it so it forced like a lot of people like not leveling early like people staying on one a lot early because they want to like to get their buddy as fast as they can because they have they're not sure when it's gonna come and winning fights and doing more damage you know all this stuff was conclusive conclusive <clears throat> was all, was more about you know playing tempo early to get to your buddy. So now the with the buddy meter changes to gold, you you kind of plan your turns on when you need to hit your buddy. Like you know like okay so I my buddy is currently costing me nine. I really need to get it by like two turns from now. 
do I really want to like spend the gold this turn to buy it? Do I like try to win this fight so it gets a little bit cheaper and the gold works out a little better for when I buy it? It makes like a lot more decisions uh, for you to make when it comes to uh, timing your buddy. And I think that's like a huge decision point, which also makes the variance of this game like so much bigger because I think like the skill is. The skill difference is exasperated, I think, with the buddy with the buddy mirror because people that make really good decisions with how they allocate their goal and how they allocate um, how they want to like get to their buddy, um, it, it's just like a, a huge difference. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm being uh, eloquent about this or not. <laughs> no, <laughs> I think it's sense. just like a huge. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, I don't know, like. I think the skill edge just because of more decision points is uh, more prevalent in this, and you see like. People like Odd Dragon, who just like posted on Twitter, he won like eight consecutive games or something, and like you, you didn't really see that in prior metas. Well, one of the complaints people had about the first buddy meta was that it was too linear. It pretty much yeah. planned your games out for you. So, do you feel like the new iteration of buddies takes that away? Do you think it's less linear than it used to be? Uh well, I think everyone's game plan was very similar in the previous buddy meta. Because everyone was like, okay, well, I need to get my buddy. I need to win fights. I need to do more damage. So we're all staying down to try to, like, win fights and do damage in the early turns. Now everyone's kind of game plan changes. Like, a hero like Gale Wing, which, you know, in the vanilla meta was always, like, a three-on-three hero. Now you're like, okay, I want to get my buddy early, so I'm, I'm probably going to not do the three-on-three, not take the discovery hero power first. I'm going to either take the buff or the gold one right away just so I could try to win fights, get to my buddy early. My buddy just you know, helped me produce like more gold through the through the activation of of my hero power and the, what the buddy effect is. So now it's going to be like a totally new game plan for him. So like the games are not as linear as say previously where everyone would just be like, okay, well, almost everyone's just staying down on one to try to progress their buddy meter as fast as they can. Right, so they could get to their buddies faster. Now, like you have like a better, uh, better chance to just be able to plan it out, and so you could do like different things that aren't, that aren't necessarily as intuitive as like vanilla or as like the previous buddy meta. So, in this case, should we still rush out to get our buddy, or does that depend hero to hero? It depends hero to hero. Like a lot of the times recently, I've been playing it where I just like get my buddy at zero cost. Right, like it doesn't matter that much to me, like if I hit it, the hero power early or not, because like I don't necessarily play my buddy right away. Like Gallywix is a good example of this now. Like the Gallywix buddy is is still very good, but you don't necessarily need to like get it early. So you can actually just like play for tempo or just play your game a- as you would, and then when you get it, you're just gonna like probably just like activate your buddy on a turn where it's very gold efficient. Like maybe it might be like. One zero one two gold zero one or two gold, and just hold your buddy for like a turn or two until you really generate some, like some re- extra value out of it, right? Like before, it would just be like, okay, I need to like use my buddy to give me a, a ton of tempo, otherwise I'm gonna fall behind to all the other more you know powerful buddies, and so I'd have to like kind of like rush to like get my buddy meter up, you know, because there's a tier four buddy pri- also prior I believe, get my buddy up so I could play it to like survive and get me to the end game. Or like my hero power is gonna power through, but now like on heroes like him, I just like I play my game, I just take it, I hold it for like a turn or two, then I use it for like tempo, and then like I just kind of play my game for the rest of the rest of the game. So I think it's very different. It's not as 
you know, rushed as it is. It's very hero dependent. So, like, you have, like, there's some buddies that are pretty easy to know that you want to keep them on board, right? Like, um, uh, Brand's buddy. You want to keep that on board for at least a long time, right? And so when you get to your second time, you hit the buddy button, which gives you two more. You golden it so you can time that with when you uh, have leveled and you're close to the six or whatever. But with the battle cry buddies, like we were just talking about, like uh, Gallywix, that's, I believe that one is, um, it gives you either plus, uh, health or plus attacker plus attack so with that one yeah. though do you ever save that for when you can actually use the power and then get your golden version and then use it again or uh with with the battle cry buddies are you pretty much just cycling them through a lot of times most of the time you're just cycling them through like with the battle cry buddies you kind of just want to try to like triple into a brand early to get like max value out of your battle cry buddies but um, a lot of the time, you're just like this. It takes too long between your first buddy and the golden version or your, your second and third one to have it stay on board. Like, there's a few that have tribes, like like the um, Zephyrus one, where you kind of just stay on board as, like, a tribe if you're doing, like, Menagerie or have, like, Light Fang that you can sometimes golden it. But most of the times, it's, like, too weak of a main to keep on board for you to... For you to, you know, have on your board after, like, the turn you play it. Because most of them are pretty understated relative to the tier they're on. Like, I don't think any of them actually have really good stats for the Battlecry ones. Except for, I think, uh, Togwaggle. That was, like, a 7-9 or 9-7 or something. That was decently statted. But, like, but the Golden version of that doesn't really do anything special either. So, that was not really, like, something you want to Golden either. Right, because that one just, that gives you... Uh your lobby filled with uh, er- uh, the highest, the highest, highest cost warrior. minions of each, yeah, yeah. of each um, person in the lobby. So what would you say some of the best buddy hero combos are out there right now, the Instapix when you see them? Um, Actually, I think the change to the Reno buddy makes it a lot better. Like, it used to be really bad. I think it's actually, like, decent now. Um, Gallywix is always going to be a super powerful hero. But what, what, is, the, what the is the Reno one? What does the Reno one do? Like okay, what, so what the Reno one. Okay, so the Reno one used to be a tier two buddy, which is a, a four one, and it goldens like when it death rattle, it goldens the minion on your right, on your board. So it was pretty bad before, but now it got moved down to a tier one buddy, and the the cost of the gold is like very different. So like it's easier to like golden that buddy, and you could use the golden of it to get to your tier five or tier six discover like relatively early. And then you could use your hero power to golden the five or six you discover. So, like, previously on the Reno Buddy, it would just kind of sit on the board for a long time until, like, you try to find something. Hopefully you can golden, and it would just kind of suck. But now you can use it to help you triple into, like, a five or six drop, and then you could use your hero power to golden something, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah, so uh, that, that was kind of, like, the goal you do with Reno now. So I actually think Reno Buddy at, on Tier 1 is actually a lot better. Um, some other buddies are really good. Maev is really good. Like the ability of the Maev buddy is like super strong. You get like like the buddy essentially just gives you three golden discoverers. Like like each one gives you a golden discovery, whether it be two turns later or if you have brand like the next turn. That one's super powerful. Um trying to think of, I think Gale Wing is decent still, although it's not they they lower the cost of him to tier two. Yeah. So it's a little easier to get, but the effect is still quite good. Just a little bit slow. Um, Mutinous is also very good if you 
really know how to work it. You kind of want to keep like just a single minion on board so you can eat all the stats onto the mutinous buddy and then spit it out onto like three value minions like Cleaves or Divine Shields or something. That one's all has been really solid too. I think well, those are like, like probably my seems like it's pretty good in some certain situations too. Yeah, the removal of Chronomu is it makes Sylvanas considerably worse. Also, that they increase the cost of tier six, right? It makes it like considerably worse. Oh, also, scabs and tests are good just because they steal other people's buddies, and like they get like a ton of value out of that. Is ETC like, still the buddies good? That pre- hmm? Is ETC, no, ETC still sucks good? now. Uh. ETC sucks now. Like like they removed all the economy from the tier two buddies. Like before, I used to have little KT. Used to have uh, the least buddy. I can't remember what it's called. Or uh, and then you had the brand buddy. So I will give you economy. So you just like once you get once you hero power every turn, try to get like lots of economy. They just use the economy to like overpower the lobby. Now they moved all of them to three, so now it's just like considerably worse. Because you can't just get all this early econ and like lowering of your hero power costs that you used to be able to. Okay, so what other bodies would you avoid? Oh, um pretty much like all the heroes that were bad before tend to be really bad now, like Togwag. Uh, wag toggle, yeah, wag toggle, still really bad. Um, I'm trying to get all the Deathwing, not very good. Like, just gives extra attack to everything. Uh, I'm trying to think of what other really bad buddies. Like, no, most of the time I don't look at them. <laughs> I just see which ones are good and just immediately skip over all the bad ones. Like, they're probably like, like sixty of like the eighty-four heroes in our game. I think it's eighty-four heroes are all just bad. Like, they're just like unpickable. Like. Like, Drek'thar, I think, is the one that gives extra attack in the oh, shop. That one's pretty bad. I'm trying to think of which ones in general are pretty bad. The Panda Buddy is pretty bad, but the Panda Hero Power is just is okay in general. The new Hook Dust Buddy is insane. I forgot to mention Hook Dust. I think Hook Dust is probably, like, the best hero in the game right now, just because his buddy is absolutely ridiculous. I'm not sure if you play with him yet or play with her yet, but she her Hero Power... Her buddy is ridiculous. I don't know how that made it through playtesting. What is what, does it do? was good... what does that buddy do? So essentially, so essentially is whenever you eat a minion, um, you get the minion's tier in gold. So so if you eat a tier five minion, you get to discover plus five gold, which is insane. Mm-hmm. Golden buddy gives you double the gold. So if you eat like a tier six minion, when you have the golden buddy, it gives you twelve gold. So the first game I played with hooked us, I was on uh I was on Finley. And I thin lead into essentially I had like four of the buddies on board. So I was eating a tier six minion for 18 gold a turn. And I was just like, okay, this is this is ridiculous. I'm like playing Gallywix, except I get like a free discover every turn. And like, you know, 18 gold a turn. I'm just like, it was like so hard to keep up with and do everything I needed because I had like 29 gold a turn or 30 gold a turn. It was just it's pretty ridiculous. It's probably like the best hero in the game, I think. Now, were there any of the buddies? You said most of the buddies that were bad, you know, are still bad. But were there any? Yeah. Were there any heroes that got better from that have went from a a, a bad hero to a good hero based on their buddy alone? Hmm. Let me think. Um. Uh, like I think Akazamzarak got a lot better with the buddy. Like just the fact that like one, it could it very reliably gets ice blocked like every single game. With the buddy, with just having the buddy, plus the the buddy provides like a lot of tempo each turn. It's like a very soft, solid hero to get to like a top four finish. 
is, is it's pretty hard for you to like win games with him just because like the body doesn't have like a very good end game effect but it's a very solid hero in general apologies and the buddy has a death rattle to put a secret into play. Yeah, it's a death rattle plus secret into play. The golden puts two secrets into play. A lot of time you're aiming to just find one with Baron. And then you just like put up some like poisons or shields or something. So you can like replicate uh splitting image of them or healing the divine shield off of the off the secrets and stuff. But like it's just like a very solid tempo buddy that like always just comes top four because of ice block and all the tempo that the buddy provides. Um, I'm trying to think of other here. Oh. The last buddy meta, Sorry, I, I remember. No, no, that the last buddy meta, I remember. The, the, those games took the longest because it would just take forever to resolve all those uh, secrets. Yeah, those those, those turns can, can be insanely long. It's it's pretty ridiculous. Let me let me try to think of other heroes that uh, that got way better because of uh, buddies. I'm trying to think of any. They got way better because of buddies. Uh. I mean, like heroes like Cookie, who have always been good, are the buddy is also very good with them. Thurgol's uh, always been good, but like, and the buddy just kind of makes it like a little bit better. Oh, Malagos is probably like the biggest difference, uh, from pre without buddies and with buddies. Like the Malagos buddy essentially allows you to turn with your hero power, you turn a minion into one that's a tier higher um so ideally the, the plan is like you want to get your buddy pr like very early so you kind of want to stay on one you want to like triple into a four drop and then you could just like hero power that guy twice to get you like a random six drop and then you just keep like producing six drops every turn from like four drops in the shop and just kind of use that to like find your direction and just kind of like plow, plow through the lobby so like you, like a lot of times you'll see like a malagos board it'll be like turn seven or turn eight and they'll have like multiple six drops on their board just from the, the buddy power and like that one is just like is like hugely hugely different than uh hugely different than how it is like in vanilla what about curator uh, i remember the curator buddy used to be pretty good yeah the curator buddy is pretty solid it is very good in lobbies with nagas in just because like the if you like naga your uh amalgam it gives the his buddy, I can't remember what his buddy's name is, uh, but gives his buddy the, the stats permanently. So, like, if you give it like plus eight attack onto your, your amalgam, your your buddy gets plus eight attack. The buddy gets plus eight attack permanently. So it's very good in lobbies with like Nagas in it. Um, it's also just like a pretty solid all around buddy. Like, it doesn't do anything too special, but like you can just do basic buffing. It gets pretty big pretty fast. When do you decide to get out of a buddy? Like, I know we talked about the Battle Cry buddies, which you kind of sell through, but, like, let's say somebody, like, like your brand, which gives you the Battle Cry. If you don't have, say, if you're not running, like, Theo or, or brand, um, sometimes you might even sell out of your brand at some point to, to get a better board. When do you decide to kind of transition out of that to just give yourself a full board? Uh, okay, so a lot of times it depends on what your buddy does. Like, a lot of the economy ones, you tend to get out of, like, much later than the ones that just give you like random bonus effects because like you like having the extra economy allows you to like do more things in the end game than than not so like like a hero like brand like getting those extra battle cries can mean like a bunch of additional stats on your board so it's kind of like one of the last guys you kind of want to get out of before you start putting in your end game pieces which are like you know like mantis or leroy's or 
selflessness and stuff, or like Tunnel Blaster. Right? So like that guy tends to stay on board much longer because until you feel like you have to go all in against an opponent to make sure you don't you win or don't die is kind of like when you have hold on to those ones. For the other buddies, like say you're like on let me look at the buddies. Uh like Rafam or Rat King or like Death Speaker Blackthorn. When they're no longer useful, then you just kinda of kick them. Like a lot of those those ones have also have like no tribes. So the ones with no tribes are tend to be a little bit worse because you can't actually put more stats on them to make them a relevant minion. Right? Like you can't just have like this bad four six minion that does like relatively nothing on your board. Right? Like like they're fun, but like yes, you get a piece of economy every turn, like you get like a gold out of them, but like after a turn like ten, that one gold is like not that relevant. You need something that's gonna be impactful on your board mm-hmm. to allow you to win fights. You can't just like have bad minions on your board at that after at those points of the game. Um yeah, but like in general, most of the buddies kind of stay until later. Like, let me think of like some buddies that would get kicked. Like, like the putricide buddy is like pretty much staying until the end of the game. That that's the one which is uh just gives you a random creation. Uh, that one's like just really solid and kind of goes with the theme of what you're planning to do. Um. Well, yeah, usually, like, just it gets closer to endgame and your buddy's usefulness, like, isn't relevant anymore. And it doesn't, you can't, like, put stats on it, like, anymore. Like, Vol'jin's buddy, like, probably stays for quite a long time just because you want to be able to transfer stats to other minions. So you can, like, make Vol'jin's the buddy big, transfer the stats to other minions. But then, like, minion heroes like, say, Vandar or Arden. At the end of the game, you like turn 10, 11, you know, you need a lot of times you just need to go all in to, to be able to beat someone to make sure you get into the top four or to like win this round and get someone they, they think is pretty strong and you just kick the buddy. It's, you know, there's no like tried and true formula to it. It's just about being able to evaluate your board strength and whether or not you can afford to keep this weak minion on your board any longer. Do you have a favorite buddy that's not good that you'll pick up anyway and play it because it's one of your favorites? Uh, a favorite buddy. I don't think there's a favorite buddy. All the okay. I mean, yeah. So I've actually been, pl- I've actually been playing Jailer a lot, and I don't think people think Jailer is actually good, but with Undead and like Undead in, it's actually pretty good. Like a very solid hero. I think it's not like a a hero that's super splashy. You look at the buddy, it's like Death Rattle summon three tier one minions, but it gets your hero power up like really high, really fast. I think my last jailer game, the hero power was up to like plus thirty, plus thirty or something. Oh wow! Like, yeah, yeah. So I just like pumping it onto like divine shields and cleaves at the end of the game, and like it's like gets up really fast. Like you just kind of stay down low. You pick up like a bunch of like risen riders and micro mummies and stuff. You can just really power it up, and then you, and like you know turn seven or eight, it's like plus six, plus six. You find like you know a deflecto or something or like a hydra. And you just start throwing the stats on, and every turn it still goes goes up like a couple, and it kind of just helps you uh, helps you really roll through the mid game. Now, um, now, yeah. now, recently the armor system has changed, um, and everybody has armor now, and and it, they have up to twenty. Um, does the armor affect your choice of hero at all, or are you still just basically based on the hero that you have? Um, 
Okay, so if you have to choose between like a bunch of bad heroes, you tend to choose the one with the most armor. Just because all the bad heroes generally like you need to high roll like really hard to be able to uh, have a good game. So like if you're looking at this, let me look at these heroes. I have them all in front of me. So like if you're looking at like a lobby where your your hero choices are like uh Drexlar, uh Enhanced Mechano, Edwin, or uh what's another bad hero? Uh like Nas Dormu. Right? Like you're like, okay, the all these heroes suck. None of their none of their buddies do much, none of their hero powers do much. I'm just gonna pick like the hero with like the highest armor, so I'll just take Nas, who's at 18 armor right now. Like his hero power is like very mediocre. His buddy kind of sucks. But you know, I'm gonna try to take as much armor, try to take yeah, as you know, have as much health to give me enough chances to to build a high roll early and try to have find a way to like win the game. Yeah, like if you notice, like you'll see like patchwork, even though his both his buddy sucks and like he's not like he has like nothing besides being at fifty health or is it fifty five health, but you'll see like him getting picked by people just because of the health. And like just giving you the chance to build a high roll and even just like survive the lobby longer where you could like come into like instead of coming in like a seventh because your buddy your hero sucks, you know, you come fifth because you have those 20 extra points of health and you know, you're just able to like take the hits a little bit longer before while everyone else dies. You got any other final thoughts for our listeners on the buddy meta that may help them succeed? Uh, this buddy meta is probably a lot more tempo oriented than other metas. Like recently there always seems to kind of be like a high roller or two. So if as long as you like don't face them on the on their true spike turns, you're kind of able to survive. But you have to like be very knowledgeable about how strong you think everyone in your lobby is. Um this is I think this is a very good lob this is a good very good meta to like really be able to test your ability on evaluating opponent strength just by kind of like looking at how many triples they have and like you know looking at how much damage they're doing to people and if those people to theoretically be strong or not. I think this is actually a really good time to learn to evaluate like opponent strength. Okay, but what do you do with if that? You evaluate wrong. What do you let's say so I see that? Okay, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. So, so what you see your opponent and they they spiked and they got a couple triples and you know that they're doing some big damage. How, what do I do with that knowledge? Because then I look at my board and I'm like, well, do do I just try to at that point if I'm not strong enough shift in something scammy? Like what what do I do with that knowledge? Okay, so if you see that your opponent is doing a lot of damage just to people, like you have no choice but to play to try to get as strong as possible for this particular turn. So you'll take like a lot of times you'll like won't take small minor buffs because it's not really worth the gold because it doesn't really help you long term. Like say you take look at like uh, a mug, right? It only gives you like three three in stats, right? Onto like three minions or like um the 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 five five magnetic mech. A lot of times you're just going to pass that because it doesn't give you that much of a boost for the long term, but it'll definitely give you like a short term boost for now. And you're like, okay, well, I have to do as much stuff as much as possible this turn. So, you know, I'll buy that. I'll buy like um, the the two six Naga that you give, if you give a spell, it gets poison. I'll buy that just for this one turn. I need to survive this turn to be able to like get past this guy and then let him murder the lobby afterwards. 
right? Like you could just see, you could just tell about like how, how much damage they're doing. And if you look at the, how their opponents have been doing prior to their, prior to their matchup to see if they were strong before that. Like if you see someone like cap someone the turn prior, then get capped like right away by the person you're facing, they're probably very strong. So like if you're at like say 14 health on this turn, you gotta just go all in. Like you don't save cards. You don't do anything. You use every goal possible. You try to get as strong on your board as possible. I just like hope it's enough to allow you to like survive through, the, through this turn. Otherwise, like most of the time, you're just like, oh, I'll just roll. I'm going to look for a few. Try to find something better. Don't bother trying to find something better. Just like go all in. Just like everything you can to get as strong as you can this turn. M minor upgrades are worth it because it could be the difference between like, you surviving this fight or not. I think that's definitely something lacking in my game where I don't look for... I, I don't tend to look at my opponents all that much, and I probably need to. How about yourself, Doc? Um, <clears throat> I definitely don't do it as much as I should, but uh, I've... Especially today, with how kind of my games have went this morning, uh, I was definitely, like, double-checking uh, tribes, double-checking triples, trying to check the damage on like uh, relative opponents that we had played within two turns of each other to kind of gauge where I'm at compared to who I'm going against. Um, and then like sometimes that changes my positioning uh, depending on like what kind of comp I'm doing. Like I had this weird George comp today, but, but yeah, like I definitely agree with, with Terry that this is a the perfect meta to learn how to lobby check and just try to get better at understanding what you're going to be facing. Well, I don't know about you, Doc, but I'm a little full. It's about time for some dessert. <laughs> I agree. So, Terry, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at my website, hsbgclub.com, where we run our Battleground tournaments. You can also find me on Twitter, Terry T Gaming, and HSBG Club. And then on Twitch, Terry underscore tag underscore gaming. And nice. Tito, how about yourself? You can find me at Tito Santana HS on both Twitter and Twitch. How about yourself, Doc? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Twitch at Doc McButt. All right. So, Terry, and do you have any shout outs today? Uh, no real shout outs, but actually, I want to promote something. Okay. So, not, uh, allowed, not allowed. You can't do that here. Not allowed? Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> okay, too bad. Uh, April 29th, we're doing a fundraiser tournament on my site for Maritime Max. Uh, she's. They're having a very slow maple syrup season, and she's been dying to get this gaming chair for years. So we're going to host a $200 tournament that we've added to the prize for a prize pool, and we're going to run a fundraiser for her that day, and we're going to have a lot of giveaways. April 29th, free to enter on hsbgclub.com. Now, wait a second. Awesome. Not that we're in danger of Max listening to my podcast because she doesn't care about standard hustling, but... Um, I thought that was a secret at this point. It is. It's about it's gonna be announced in the next day. So by the time this podcast comes out, it would have already been announced. Oh, okay. I didn't think she was gonna know that it was a fundraiser for her until after it happened. Okay. No, no, no. She is gonna she 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 knows it's a fundraiser for her. It's it's too hard to, to promote through my channels without her finding out. So we're just, you know, it's a fundraiser for her and we have we don't have lots to give. I have like Two standard 75 pack bundles I have that way we want our other places. We're gonna have like a bunch of other stuff, like some headphones given away by uh 
Celestial Audio, and we're going to see if we get some Hype Horizon stuff and see if uh, Hype Horizon gives us some stuff to give away since, you know, she is a member of Team Hype. You know, maybe some Hype merch or something. Yeah, um, yeah, let's talk afterwards. I think uh, that's awesome. Good. I already talked to Venga, so he's going to let me know on uh, April 1st. Oh, perfect. About perfect. that. Yeah. Hey, um, so. How about yourself, Doc? Do you get any shout-outs or do you have anything to promote? Yeah, so I, I have a shout-out. Uh, rebooted reboot gave us our second five-star review with more than just the star rating. Uh, so the title of their review is foundational Tito and doc are laying great groundwork to improve your hearthstone game. So short and sweet to the point. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, rebooted reboot for the five-star review. It really does honestly help a lot with visibility with old defunct podcasts still being, viewable and everything on apple podcasts so if any of you feel so inclined please feel free to leave us a five-star review it definitely makes us feel better i'll tell you that um also um yeah thank you very much reboot reboot we appreciate it it was doc was like we got another review i was so excited um and i i'd like to shout out terry for being here terry really appreciate it um yes no problem and 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 this is not a shout out but doc we didn't talk about this in depth you met smarms what was that like? I did. Um, she carries a backpack full of arms with her everywhere she goes. Uh, very true to form. Um, she's she's a great human. It was it was an absolute blast. Um, hopefully, like we can meet up again soon before BlizzCon because BlizzCon is quite a ways away. But uh, yeah, it was a great time. She's awesome and a fun time and a fun person to hang out with. So and if I- you have the opportunity to, you'll enjoy it. And I'd also like to shout out my teammate being Rachel, who just today hit legend for the first time. And, um, Oh, awesome. Yeah. We, we were very nice. excited for her. And also thank you to, um, Ron Mexico. We got his name right tonight for, um, well, he took the coaching that he, uh, she, she won the coaching in our last event that we had for fight night and he helped her get better with shock spin hunter, which is what she used to get the legend. So, um, behooves you to show up to some of the fight nights. Maybe you'll uh, <laughs> maybe you'll win a coaching, and then you'll be legend too. But um, anyway, uh, thank you, Terry, again for uh, hanging out with us. I think we're about done here. I think we're toast. See ya. Right. Yeah. See ya. Slide two brothers meet one another when they slide up to the mic. It's bread and butter with one another. Let's start up that recording light. <laughs> <laughs>